Hello and welcome to Kabam Mavs. I'm your host, Jesse Matarazzo. Today we are going to talk about power forwards. I'm only going to talk about two people today, KP and Maxi, on our team, and then we'll talk about other players. But I really like both of these players, so I will talk pretty in depth about them. I will talk about their strengths or weaknesses, where they project to be, certain other problems or solutions that they have for the team. So let's jump right into it. All right, so Maxi Kleber out of Würzburg, Germany, is a 6'10", 240-pound power forward slash center. He was scouted at Bayern Munich. No, not the football team, but the other Bayern Munich, their basketball team. Um, He's 28 years old. He will be... 29 in January. So by the time the season starts, he'll be 29. Wow. Um, he really blossomed this year. And, you know, blossom is a relative term, but he averaged 9.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, uh, an assist. He was uh, 46 from the field, uh, 37 from three, and 84 from three free throw. Uh, I... He had a PR of 13. I, you know, I really like Kleba. I think he showed that he can really defend a lot of different positions fairly well at a high level. Uh, from th- three through five, he defends at a, at a very high rate. Um, he is very effective on switches on the perimeter. He actually defended Kawhi quite well during the playoffs. Um, you know, he, is he your first choice to guard Kawhi? If you were building a team, probably not, but he held his own. Uh, and he can also defend those, those big guys, those centers. So, um, you know, he, he averaged about a block a game. His blocking was a lot more frequent during the beginning of the season. He started to, uh, try for less blocks I don't know if that's maybe because he's maturing as a defender and maybe not biting so much I'm not really sure but all in all I think he was a very effective defender and his free throw percentage went way up uh from last year from 78 percent to 84 percent really like that growth um is he the best offensive player in the world absolutely not he is you know I don't even know what his career high is but I doubt it's much over 20 points a game. He's most likely going to give you, you know, 8 to 15 points a game at best, and that's usually if he's dropping some threes on you. Uh, He actually did uh, not attempt that many threes a game. It may seem like he did a lot during games, but it was only 4.3 attempts. I mean, I guess that's big. uh, I guess that's a lot for a big man. But either way, I'm happy with his production. His two-point percentage was uh, 60%. So I'm really happy with all that production. I do think that he, if he's going to get a step up, um, I think that it's going to be more on the offensive end, maybe getting into the basket. He had this little thing where he would, people are respecting his three-point shot, so... He would pump fake and then drive to the basket. 
you know, and a lot of the times he'd be able to get the dunk or at least penetrate the defense enough to pass out of that and get an open shooter. Um, I, I don't think his finishing around the basket is like upper level or anything, but he did have some nice little flashy dunks every once in a while. He's not really the rim runner that Powell is. And I think that that's one of the main reasons why he's not the starting center um, because that's such a focal point of the offense. So he's been playing a lot more power forward or just kind of that other big man, if you want to just call it that. Um, I think he plays very well with Porzingis because he spaces the floor as well. And he is a legitimate threat from outside. So he will have, he has some gravity where he's pulling defenders out and spacing that floor for uh, Porzingis and uh, obviously Luca. Um, so I'm very happy there. The other thing that I want to explore with Maxi is, you know, I don't necessarily think he needs to get bigger or stronger. He doesn't really have a mean streak. And, I, uh, you know, maybe that's overhyped of a thing to evaluate someone on. Maybe he's, you know, he's physically tough. He's a stacked dude. He's got some muscle on him. He's gorgeous. So maybe that that's another thing where it's like, ooh, Maxi, you know, I'm just mesmerized in your eyes and maybe I'm not shooting as well because I'm just, you know, maybe that's what happened with Kawhi in the playoffs. He's just like, damn, he's a good-looking man. But anyway, so the thing I expect Maxi to do next year to get a little bit better is maybe instead of boxing out, he's good at boxing out for other players to rebound, but maybe just being a little bit more aggressive on his rebounds. Um, I know you're going to have a lot of rebounds with Porzingis and Luca on the floor, but if you can just kind of hold your own, especially when you're playing on the with the bench unit or the second unit, I think that that's somewhere he can improve. I kind of think this is his height, probably. I think maybe he can get a little bit more efficient, especially on field goal percentage. His field goal percentage was only 46%. And for a big man, that's kind of low, especially when he was shooting, you know, almost 49% uh, as a power forward in his rookie season. So I could see that getting better. I could see his, him shooting up to 40% from three, maybe. Um, just little things like that. But I, I think you would be hard-pressed to find someone at you know the $9 million range that he's at for someone to make... Um, that amount of money and still give you the production on maybe not in raw numbers, but the, what he brings to a team. Uh, I don't think there's that many big men out there that can, you know, hit very efficiently from three and block shots and rebound at a decent rate and defend wings and big men. Um, I don't see that many players that can really do that. So, um, very uh, high on him for our team. And, you know, people talk about maybe getting Jeremy Grant. Uh, Jeremy Grant is, you know, doesn't rebound as much as Maxi. He does score a little bit more at 12 points a game. He is um, also on the same level three-point-wise. Uh, Grant may be a little bit more tougher and has a better mean streak, but I don't know if he's the versatile defender that Maxi is. 
Um, I've seen Maxi guard shooting guards well. I think, you know, um, I think Jeremy Grant may be a little overhyped. And is Jeremy Grant or could Jeremy Grant be better? Jeremy Grant is two years younger than him. Could he be an improvement? Probably, but you're going to have to pay him $16 million at least. Probably, He may even comp- command a $18 million contract. And, you know, with Maxi making half that, sign me up for Maxi all day. I don't, I don't see us upgrading our power forward spot um, anytime soon because of KP and Maxi's versatility, as well as our stable of other bigs in there. I just think we have a really good big rotation. I'm really happy with it. Uh, if we were to draft like a player like Sadiq Bay that could, you know, guard wings primarily and, you know, some small ball fives, sign me up for that over, you know, a Grant who's more of a power forward and power forward skill set in a maybe bigger wings body. Um, I, I think he's maybe a little bit of a tweener where Maxi is, you know, a just a very versatile big man. So uh, maybe that's a little bit too nuanced to really kind of grasp in a quick segment, but uh, I'm very happy with Maxi. I think that we should keep him on our roster as long as we can, at least to the end of his contract, um, you know, in – even at 31, when his contract expires, I believe he'll be 31 when it's done. Um, I think he, there will still be a lot of really good value there. So I think you just stick with him and KP at that four spot until, you know, you really have until they give you a reason not to. Honestly, I think we can really just upgrade other parts like shooting guard and, and wing. So that being said, let's move on to Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps, collaborate and listen. He's back with the brand new knee. Um, All right, so let's talk about Kristaps. He's a 7'3", 240-pound big man out of Laipaya, Latvia. He's 25 years old. He averaged 20 points, uh, 9.5 rebounds. Uh, 80% from free throw, 35% from uh, three. He actually, his three-point sh- uh, three shot went down this season from 40% last year. Um, I think the best way to describe Kristaps' game was a roller coaster. He was really good at times, really bad at times. Uh, he's still trying to find his way still trying to find certain spots to get to. I think he realized his 30 uh his pull-up 30-footer was working for him most of the time. He had a little uh towards the end of the season, he had this little shot off the glass that was really hitting pretty well. Um he's not like a super good post player. In fact, I would say he's probably poor on that end. Um I would say that his three-point shooting was pretty solid even though he was only 35 percent but a, a part most of that season uh, in most parts of the season w- while it was kind of broken up he was actually shooting pretty efficiently um he also took seven attempts a game so i'll take that honestly i think it really opened up the floor and gave luca the 
ability to get to the basket a lot. Um, I think that he, you know, surprised at how good his rebounding got. It went from nine point or went from six point six to nine point five rebounds a game. I really liked that out of him. Uh, he kept his personal fouls down to three point two. Although there were quite a few games where he was getting in foul trouble a lot and either fouling out or getting in foul trouble, and that showed in the playoffs too. Uh, also, one of those was a tech that he should not get should not have gotten kicked out of for. Um, where I think he can improve, I really think that he needs to, and I know we're in this, you know, world of basically dunk or three point centers in the league, unless you're a Bam or a Jokic or an Anthony Davis, uh, they usually want big men to either hit the three or dunk it and nothing else. But I do think that. KP needs to really work and build on that uh, little glass shot he had. I thought there was a few games where he was really getting it from mid-range. And I think, you know, the thing that makes KD KD is that mid-range game. You know, the thing that makes Kawhi Kawhi is that mid-range game. The thing that makes, you know, Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler um is his mid-range game. Yes, they're all great defenders too, but you really have to have a good mid-range game in the playoffs. And I know that you want to open up the floor for everybody, um, and Luka needs his room to create his Luka magic, but uh, I I do think that that will win championships. You focus on your defense. You are efficient from three, but maybe shave that down to, you know, six and a half attempts a game and maybe add a little bit more mid-range to it. Uh, that way you're not always just going straight to the rim. You're risking, you know, getting your knees all banged up. And that's what happened with his meniscus. Um, this uh, During the playoffs, he tore his lateral meniscus. He did have surgery for that. Um, I do think that they just repaired his meniscus. So... With a repair, okay, so there's two ways to fix your meniscus when it tears. You can either remove part of it or you can repair that, which means you're basically sewing it up and, you know, healing it. Um, He will be out longer if they just repaired it versus taking pieces of it out. But I think in the long run, it's better for his knee if they just repair it. So, um I'll be okay if he takes a little bit longer. I mean, I don't even think we're going to be having, you know, a season until maybe as late as MLK Day. Um, There are some whisperings that it may start around Christmas time as well. That came out during a governor's meeting uh, last Friday. So there's I don't really have any confirmation on that. I don't think there is any confirmation on a real date yet. I know that we have the draft on the 18th of November, but um you know, there's a f- quite a few things that are unclear. Uh there's a lot of things that are waiting on the hinges of that. When can players opt in or out? That's going to be a big one. Is it going to be before or after the draft? That's very important, especially for Tim Hardaway trades or anything like that. Um, 
and for Giannis. So if Giannis opts into that contract and he says, I'm opting in, I'm getting my money, I'm pulling an AD and I still want to be traded, then, you know, that is a reality where we're out of the sweepstakes, but it opens up us to be able to just move on, get who we can get, build this team, you know, in a healthy way, right? So getting back to KP, I think if the season starts in January, I think that that little bit of time, that extra month for him to rehab and be able to get into a training camp fully healthy will do wonders for him. So I'm kind of hoping that it doesn't start until um, later on January or February. So um, I do think that, you know, a, a lateral, lateral meniscus is a fairly easy um, injury to come back from as long as the surgery was successful and you don't have complications. Most There's quite a bit of players that have come back and had great careers. It's not like an Achilles or a torn ACL. So um, I do have faith that he, and it wasn't on the knee that he had surgery on. It was on his right meniscus. So I do feel that if he rehabs correctly and we have faith in our training staff, I think by mid-season, I think all of his injury woes, knock on wood, will be behind him and he can go forward. And I do think that maybe we need to bolster that big man lineup if his you know, return is a little shakier. And in the next segment, we will go into certain players that we could get to just reinforce um, his that position. That way, KP can take less time or more time uh, to recover and spend less minutes during games. So he, you know, if we can keep... He averaged 31.8 minutes per game last year, which is, you know, for a superstar, quote unquote, um, that's a little low. Uh, That's lower than it was the year before where he was at 32.4 and the year before that he was at 32.8. I know that those little minutes uh, seem negligible, but one minute adds up. You know, that's 82 minutes a year that you're playing ball and that wear and tear can can add up through the season. So if we can keep him down into that 31, 30 range and maybe have some other players in different, maybe a different style of play to put in the starting lineup, either alongside of him or while he's getting rest, that may end up paying off quite a bit. And could that be Maxi? Absolutely, it could be. Could it be Powell? Yes. Could it be Boban? Could it be, you know, Willie Colley Stein? Absolutely. Could could you know we could could we get a Jeremy Grant? Yes, there are a lot of options, and we'll explore that when we return on Kabam Mavs. All right, so the first person I want to talk about is Serge Ibaka. Uh, from the Toronto Raptors. He's a 31-year-old seven-footer, 235 pounds, out of actually the Republic of Congo. Um, He 
is a very good three-point shooter, 38.5% from three, uh, only 3.3 attempts, but hey, that's what you want out of a big man. Not a lot of attempts, but be very efficient and hit that shot. Um, I talk a lot about gravity. You want to pull those defenders out towards you so you can open up the lane for Luka. He averaged 15.4 points and 8.2 rebounds a game, and he was, uh, you know, only averaged 27 uh, minutes a game on 27 games started. So that is very efficient basketball. Very, very efficient basketball. I um, do think that he could play either, you know, in place of on certain. Um, Knights or alongside KP. So it gives that versatility. It gives us that defensive leadership and just veteran leadership. He's got championship um, experience quite a bit playing with both OKC and, and Toronto Raptors. He's just been a winner his whole life. So he knows how to win. He's got that winner mentality. I really like that. He only averaged a block a game or 0.8 blocks a game this season. Uh, and that's kind of a far cry from his years of uh, only uh, of blocking 3.7 in his uh, in his third year in the league a game. Um, his block totals have gone down quite a bit. And there's a few reasons for that. One is because the game has just changed. You know, players are... are playing more on the perimeter and he's been guarding the perimeter more often, but also because he's become a smarter defender. He's become a good perimeter defender. He's learned when to jump and when to stay with his man blocks nowadays aren't necessarily indicative of a good interior defender. And I think that we have to pay attention to that. Now, when you're KP and you're just raising your arms up and you're just following somebody with your arms and you get a lot of blocks, that's one thing. But, you know, there is something to be said about being a great defender that isn't just trying to go after counting stats. And I think that the drop in blocks is really just because he's become a, a smarter defender and it's translated into a lot of wins. So... I'm very pro Ibaka. He's coming off a $23 million contract. So um, he's gotten quite a bit of money in his career, Twenty, averaging about 20 a year for the last three or four years. So um, I do think that he's got a payday. What is his motivation? Does he just want to stay with Toronto? Does he just want to, um, you know, um, maybe he's reading the tea leaves, though, and saying, hey, you know, a lot of these players are getting older. You know, we don't... Is Pascal Siakam a, uh, you know, a, a 1A type player? Can he win it all by himself? I don't know. Maybe he wants to go play in an international team uh, with Luka and just know that he's on a place with a bright future and maybe he could take a little bit less money. I'd be willing to give him a three-year contract, $15 million a year. I, I have no problem doing that because the veteran leadership that he would give, the type of man he is, uh, he is a very um, great teammate. 
He's somebody that will hold you accountable and he will defend you on the court. People respect him and will not, um, you know, disrespect him on the court. He will demand that respect on the court. So that is something where you add him and maybe another wing uh, in that completely trans um, uh, forms your defense and puts you in a position where you can really win a lot of playoff games. So I'm very pro um, Ibaka for the right price. Now, maybe he takes at 31 years old, maybe he takes a mid-level exception. In that case, that's a no brainer for me. That's you, you, if he's willing to do that, uh, absolutely. You take that all day long, even if you don't really think the power forward slash center position is something you really want to invest a lot in, especially with the amount of bigs you have. I don't care. You get them and you trade who you got to trade off if you need to get a position like a shooting guard or or a small forward. So I'm very pro Ibaka. I don't see him falling off anytime soon. He's translated his game into being uh, more modern and and keeping himself relevant by really bolstering that outside shot. You know, the year before that, he shot 29%. Now he shot 38.5. I mean, that's a huge increase there. So I'm all about him. And for the right price, I think he's somebody that you definitely should go after. All right, so next, uh, as far as the free agencies go, we got Christian Wood. He's averages 13 points per game, 6.3 rebounds a game. Um, he's 38.6% uh, uh, three-point percentage at a, as a power forward. 6'10", 214, so he's a little more slender. He's only 25 uh, years old, though. Um, so he matches up in the, in the timeline to play alongside KP, but uh, he does some interesting things. Now, he's a solid shot blocker, uh, averaging a block a game. However, he's pretty small. Uh, he's pretty slender, and he's getting bodied, like absolutely bodied at the rim, uh, not only on just people scoring on him, but but uh, rebound-wise. He doesn't really have the hips, Um to really keep people out of his way. Uh, and he is shooting 38% but that on three, but that's on 2.3 attempts a game. So that's where I'm hesitant to give him anything more than uh, MLE, which at an MLE, I'd be happy to give. Um, I don't know how he projects defensively. On the perimeter, he's a solid defender on the perimeter, and he did get quite a bit better. He was benched in the middle of the season um, by, because he wasn't playing the defense that uh, the coach thought he should have. And then he came back and proved himself and actually played pretty well on the perimeter defensively, even though he was still getting bodied in r- below the basket. I think if he can gain about... 20 pounds, if he can be at 224 uh, at 6'10", I think that that will go a long way. I think, uh, you know, his his uh, 
blocks and steals are are flashy. He he averages a half a steal a game, so he's not like a super crazy steals guy. Um, he averaged almost a steal a game last year. He really did step up towards the end of the season, but I'm very wary of players that start to play really well right at the end when they're about to be under contract. The thing with Christian Wood is he could really make you regret not getting him. Uh, next year, he could average 20 and 10. He was averaging 20, 20 and 10 towards the end of the season. Or he could be one of those guys that is like, oh, why did I spend 15 million, like three years, $15 million on a guy that, you know, is really just out there to get his stats? And I'd like to move him now, please. Thank you. So you really don't know what you're going to get. And him being 25 now, it is one of those pivotal points where maybe you're getting him right on the cusp of him being a, a player. I mean, he's bounced around the league a lot. Philly, you know, uh, Chicago, uh, Milwaukee, New Orleans, Pelicans, Detroit. I mean, he's he's been through a lot of different squads. So it is kind of questionable what type of player are we going to get. And when he did play, he you know, he hadn't played a whole uh, season with any of these guys. So I am very weary about this pick, but there's a huge upside here. He could be a Chris Bosh type player. Uh, and that's not a, you know, all respect to Chris Bosh. That, that is a compliment, not a diss. I think that he could be a 20 and 10 guy easily with a block a game. Uh, one of those guys where, you know, as a third option, absolutely can do some things. He can play off the dribble. Actually, he's got quite a good handle on him and he can, um, you know, put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. He, he's got some nice, um, you know, just him being on the perimeter pump faking the guy bites on the fake. He puts the ball on the floor and then just yams on it. Like a Giannis. He, he's got those plays in him. Can he put all put it all together? Can he add the weight? If he can do all those things, you've got an amazing player on your hands that is still only 25 years old who literally just turned 25 in September 22nd or 27th, I'm sorry. So, I do think that you can get a lot out of him if he is available for that MLE. I think that it would be uh, in the best interest interest of the team if you were to sign for him give him a three-year deal with the team option on the third. And I think that you would be good to go. Um, does this make our team better? It absolutely gives us more options offensively, and it absolutely gives us more options on the defensive end in certain, certain circumstances. So I'm not completely a no on this. I do think that a player like Sadiq Bey who doesn't have the upside that Christian Wood has is maybe a little bit more of a reliable player that you could keep on a cheaper deal. So uh, it, because he gives you that defense and shooting. So I don't know. Uh, it, the jury's still out. If they get him and they strike out on a few people, but we're like, oh, we got Christian Wood. I'm like, good. He's a chip no matter what. And he's, 
he's a bargaining chip. You are able to throw him into trades. You're able to entice certain teams with him and um, that just need talent. Uh, I'll do that deal all day. I think maybe this year, especially if Giannis opts in and uh, signs that Supermax deal and you know t- that takes him off free agency, I think that's when you start saying, hey, Maybe he will want to trade in a couple of years. Maybe some other players are going to want to get traded. Let's get as many good pieces as we can right now. Let's not worry about the contracts and we can trade away because we have enough good contracts and we have enough uh, talented pieces to package for uh, some other guys that we get in free agency. Like, for instance, we weren't able to get KP had we not signed DeAndre Jordan to that one-year deal. You know, there's a few players that we've gotten in the past. I have faith in Donnie Nelson to uh, maneuver some players and get some good things. He's 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 the king of blockbuster trades. He's done it time and time again. He got Luca. He got KP. He's gotten um, you know Jason Kidd in a trade. Um, you know he's landed. Anton Jameson, he's landed all these guys, uh, the pick that we got Devin Harris for, all sorts of stuff that we've done acquiring talent through either getting people in free agency where we may have overpaid but still trading them away and getting pieces and keep that rotation of good players going. That's one of the main reasons why the Mavs are like top three and win percentage in the NBA in the last 20 years is because they literally just were able to, it's like when you're, uh, you know, it's like when you buy a car and you just, you don't drive it until it, the wheels fall off. You drive it until it depreciates to a point where you need to sell it and, uh, get a new car and you just keep trading it in and get a, get a new vehicle. That way you're always riding fresh. You feel me? So, um, that's kind of the same methodology that, that Donnie has. Let's, let's keep that, those wheels a turning and, and never lose our value. Right. So I'm okay with deals like this when they're on the upside, there's still that potential there. He's still just turning 25. He's unrestricted. There's nothing tied to him. And, he has a skill set that is still unique and a lot of players that especially that don't have a number one option that need that uh just somebody to score and needs to fill seats up when they are able to have seats i think christian wood is a good option so that's it for christian wood i'm going to take a break and we will be right back all right so let's talk about brandon clark now Brandon Clark is not a free agent at all, not even close. He was a rookie last year. He's 24 years old, 6'8", 215, averaged 12, 6, and 36% three-point shooting. Um, He's a very athletic and uh, great transition player. He can rim run with the best of them and get out on the open floor. He's a good defender. He can defend the perimeter and on the inside. Um, Very effective on that. And he's got a little bit of work to do, but I do think he can progress nicely. 
Um, so Brandon Clark is a, uh, would fit really well into this system as a rim runner and also as a perimeter defender and interior defender. Uh, he gives you all the things that you really want out of a 6'8 power forward. However, I know you're asking, how the hell are we going to get um, Brandon Clark from the Grizzlies? Well, the Grizzlies have two problems. One, that they desperately, desperately need three-point shooting. And two, they live in Memphis. So, or they live, I guess. The, the team is in Memphis. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies are not, sh- they're not signing anyone in free agency. Uh, I don't care. They're not going to get a three point shooter on the level of a Seth Curry, who I propose that we trade for him, um, for in free agency. I just don't think it's a possibility. I don't see anyone going there, um, that is on an elite level. They're either going to ring chase or they're going to get a payday. And Seth's on a great contract. Um, I think that Brandon Clark is an up-and-coming player, but they have a front court with Valanchunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. where Brandon Clark just does not... uh, He's not going to get the playing time. And you can use that value and move that value uh, to get a shooter. Um, It won't be just Seth. You'd have to move the 31st overall pick, but that gives them great value because they can sign someone and not uh, waste any money. It's not guaranteed when you sign somebody in the second round. So it's a valuable pick, actually. It's probably you know one of the most valuable picks in the draft uh, in that sense for certain teams. Now, not every team is going to find value in the 31st pick, but teams that have um, interesting cap situations where the Grizzlies are paying... Uh, Dion Waiters $12 million next year to not be on the team. So um, I do think that that is an important thing to think about. Now, I think that Brandon Clark would be an amazing pickup because he's on the same timeline as KP. He does a little bit more of the things where he can get on to a defender. He can guard the perimeter. He can do a lot of things defensively, but he can run around and rim run and do all the stuff that Powell does. Now, Powell is injured, and he may not uh, be the same player he was coming off an Achilles injury. So I think that that is really uh, a good way to foolproof this position on the front court for years to come. And I do think that Brandon Clark brings enough on the team. Maybe he's a BAM starter kit. Um, He does bring enough to where if KP needs to sit out, Brandon Clark can generate enough offense with his crazy skill set. Now, he's really good in the mid-range floater game. He's got an excellent floater game. He was actually uh, number one in the NBA on uh, floater efficiency and he has this little turnaround jumper too in the mid-range it's really good he hits his threes at a high rate uh, at 36 percent 
Um, especially for a rookie, that's really great for a rookie big man. Um, so I project him to get up in that 38% uh, as he gets, you know, grows and matures. And I also um, love his rim running and his explosiveness and, and transition. He's also a very underrated passer. He can make a lot of really great passes. He's a smart, cerebral type player. Um, I really like his game. And it would take a Seth and maybe even a Maxi uh, with the pick to maybe get him. And then, you know, the money wouldn't add up then. So you would actually have to take on a uh, a contract like maybe Guderic uh, or one of their one of their contracts where they're trying to move off some money, even uh, uh, Gorgie Dang or something like that. So, who has a seventeen million dollar expiring deal? Um, so maybe you throw in a Seth and a Maxi to even that money out with uh, Brandon Clark making only $2 million, and then you take on some of that, uh, maybe that uh, equals some things out and you're able to do that deal. So um, that's basically it for, for the Power Forwards guys. Um, please like and subscribe on all the platforms. Give a review on iTunes if you can with a five-star review and tell me what you like about this episode what you don't like you can argue with me any of that if you bring in a good compelling argument i'll i'll shout you out on the show and and uh maybe talk with you about uh, what is going on uh with with what we can do with the power forward position or any position so um please do that um i really appreciate all the listenership the uh mavericks podcast sort of universe is something that we should all be proud of the guys that locked on the guys at the step back you know Mavs daily um you know uh um numbers on the boards there's a bunch of really great Mavericks podcasts out there and uh if you are um a fan of that please you know give them good reviews Spread the love around. We're not in competition at all. We're all on the same team, the Mavericks. So MFFL, guys, talk to you later.